Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Something in the Crumb. I am Unsung Kim, and I'm Kim Won, and we have a very, very special guest with us today. We're so excited to introduce to you. I'm Jamie Hilder, and I'm super honored to be a guest, long-time listener. Yeah, Jamie is one of our most dedicated listeners. It is such an honor to finally have him on the podcast. We're thrilled. I thought about wearing my sweatshirt, but I thought it'd be a little too uh, ass kissy. Oh, Jamie, we're so happy to have you on. We're so excited. Um, and also, you know, you can let us know, give us feedback on previous things that we've said. We're like, catch us in the the <laughs> um, but with Jamie today, we will be talking about both seasons of the kingdom or kingdom. I think it's kingdom. Okay. <laughs> this happened, I, you know, the regularity which this happens to us, we're like, do we even know what this show is? But there was another show, I think there were like two shows. Um, on Netflix, I think that were called Kingdom. One was called Kingdom, and maybe one was called The Kingdom. And one is like an MMA thing. Oh. And the other one is this zombie show. And I did have an awkward conversation with some stranger who was like, I've been really watching Kingdom. And I was like, Oh, me too. And then they started describing it. And I was like, That? Oh, no. All right. <laughs> That's all. Okay, never mind. Oh my gosh, so. Kim, I love it. I love knowing that someone thought that you were watching an MMA show. <laughs> like, I know. You're like, that's I'm right. Like, oh. That's what I'm into. I'm also, I mean, either show, it's kind of wild. You're like, either you're really into this very intense Zombo Eat the Rich show, or you're really into MMA. And I'm like, maybe it's okay. It's 2021, <laughs> you know, maybe either of these pathways are okay for us. Oh my God. Um, but Kingdom, to give you a show overview, is a zombie show. This is, I mean, okay, so since we are talking about two seasons, there will be a lot of spoiler alerts. So if this is, um, if you find this egregious or distasteful, then you might want to watch all two seasons and then report back. But um, show overview. Jamie, do you want to give us some of your thoughts on season one, season two? Yeah, there's zombies. There's a lot of them. A lot of zombies. And they keep they keep multiplying. And then it threatens the social order. There's oh, we didn't say it's a period piece. Oh, oh yes. yes, period piece. Very important. Zombie period drama, action, gore uh, show. I mean. You know, it makes sense that it's a period piece, right? Because on some level, maybe the entire history of the world, particularly monarchies, can only be viewed through the discourse of zombies. Oh, but basic plot premise is that there is this prince whose mother is questionable. She comes from questionable origins. Um, you know, she's an illegitimate woman, maybe, or an illegitimate wife. Kim, were you going to say something? But he's still the crown prince, despite this, at right. present when we first meet him. Yeah. I mean, he has a chip on his shoulder, though, because he's like, oh, I'm the mm-hmm. prince, but life is hard because my mom. People, yeah. yeah. Well, and my dad appears to be well, obviously is very emotionally unavailable because married a younger woman and, spoiler alert, is a zombo. <laughs> so, so the king yeah. is a zombo. Complicated. You got a chip on his shoulder. So the other premise is that the crown prince's father, the king, got sick and basically died. But the queen, this younger queen, who is also a serial killer, um... She decides that she's not going to lose out to the crown prince. Um, She is going to revive the king in order for her to have 
a child and maintain her source of power. And the way that they revive the king is by giving him a flower that turns him into a zombie. Wait, in that timeline, does she have sex with the zombie king? What? Jamie? She doesn't? <laughs> she do- First of all, a little graphic. Secondly, she does not have to have sex with the Zombo King because, spoiler alert again, she's not even pregnant. Well, that is true. Yeah. Wait, Jamie, are you saying that in her revisionist retelling of her pregnancy, she's having sex with the Zombie King? <sighs> No, I guess not. I think it was the way you described it as, because I think, did she, she had a miscarriage, right? I think we're going way down a, uh, like, nuances of the plot. Um, but she, they kept the king alive. Oh, you're right. Give you're her right. Time. Yes, that's, you're right. That's right. Give her time to have the child, and then the child would become the heir, because if he died before she gave birth and then the prince would become the king and she was shit out of luck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that it was, it's definitely what you just said. So the queen who looks like she's like 17 and a half really wants to stay queen. And also um, she wants her baby to be the baby. That's the prince and not the crown prince. Right. But because of her ambition, or her family's ambition, I, I should say, because she's really pressured also. I mean, not to excuse her vileness or her serial killer ways, um, but it does seem like her the whole family, her father and et cetera, are very much, uh, they are fixated also on the plot of her maintaining power. Yes, her father is... I don't, what is his title? I don't know. He has something to, he's like, he's like the guy who basically is like very, very rich. It kind of reminded me of like a game, (laughs) Game of Thrones thing where like he's sort of his, his family is also like part of why certain kinds of financial concerns of the kingdom are not really, um, don't exist because he's basically bankrolled and thus he thinks that he, is entitled to all aspects of the monarchy. But let's He's a neo-fascist accelerationist. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. He's a neo-fascist accelerationist. Okay, but then also I do think it's important to lay out like how the virus spreads. Camera oh, Jamie, yes. do you want to take this? Oh, well, it changes, right? It mutates. And I guess, I don't know how deep we want to go into the history of the virus, but somebody figured out that there was a, so this deep plant knowledge, right? I think you might have mentioned that there's a plant that leads to... The resurrection a, plant. Yeah, it's a cute flower. It's like a, like, cute yeah, seed. It's a nice flower. Yeah. It's an interesting flower. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I think that it mutates when the libertarian tiger hunter, uh, who is in a very underfunded public health structure, like this hospital, uh, starving, decides to chop up the body of the doctor's assistant that had been. <laughs> that's right. And that's the weird part. The doctor's assistant went to, to serve the king mm-hmm. and then was fed on by the king. But he didn't but turn. Only- no, he didn't turn. He was just dead, right? yeah. which is weird. Because I think that that was part of the pop plot twist, is that he, the king tried, fed him, or like tried to eat him, but because right. the virus had not yet mutated, he just died. But everyone who ate him accidentally, they became zombies, because they yes. ate essentially a zombie-infected human. Yes, because they later discover it's it's a it's a worm thing, and so oh. I think that by consuming this uh, tiger libertarian tiger hunter soup special recipe, <laughs> um, 
they they consume the worms as well. Uh, but I do as as we are saying this right now, I actually realize that seems like kind of an inconsistency because later on it becomes a thing where it's like the zombies survive in cold weather mm-hmm. but not in hot weather. So I'm just like, how is this worm surviving in hot soup? Because they're also not interested in water. So yep. something here is not Look, Kim, adding up. You're... It has not traveled. First episode. <laughs> you're really I'm sure trying to... Reddit, I'm sure there's a Reddit forum about this somewhere. Um... Um... My thing is like, how much do the zombies want to eat? You know, like that, that kid was, was returned in basically all his parts, right? Mm-hmm. But some zombies will eviscerate a, a body. Some will just chew a cheek. Like, well, I don't get it. There's, there's zero consistency there. You'd think if you're feeding a young man to a king, you would just leave the young man in the king's uh, bedchambers, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, zombies, like everything else under um, the monarchy rule, the that will become um, capitalism. They are individuated, Jamie. Like each true. one yeah. is like entitled to yeah. their, their as much consumption as they would like to partake in. Yeah, you can't judge them as a group. Right. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, yeah. That's a good point. So the 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 very good point is what Kim brought up that uh, the math doesn't add up, but. Yeah. We're supposed to live with the actuality. I mean, it is a Zombo show, so I don't know why we're looking at math anyway. Um, but what is clear is that the virus has accelerated. And now we are living in a Korea that is that has an accelerated virus that's kind of maintained towards like the southern region, but is um, but has plans to grow. Yeah, and I think that the the series follows um, this crown prince that no one on this podcast is all that excited about. Um, as he he embarks on this journey because he originally, you know, follows the doctor, wants to find out what mysterious illness has plagued his father, and you know, because he's power hungry and all that. Um, but starts to, I don't know, I guess find a different purpose beyond, you know, assuming um, assuming the high court or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's sort of, yeah, it's like it basically like follows him as he's kind of moving in and out of some of these different um, towns and sort of following how this plague is moving um, through these different communities and then he's kind of learning from some of the people that he's interacting with about uh, the history of it as well. And I think that even before, 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 um, how this new outbreak happens, we discover that the uh, the libertarian tiger hunter's family, I think, died originally. Uh, the town, they all died because the town that he lived in um, was fairly impoverished and... Uh, during war with Japan, Japan was invading Korea, and I think they were like, we're losing, we have to do something, how about we just zombo all the poor and turn them into fighters for us, Um, which TBH is not that different from now, but... True. Um, so, all those people in the town were murdered, turned into zombies, and defeated the Japanese. So, uh, I guess I don't know. You know, used for anti-colonialist purposes, sort of, but um, pretty monstrous. Um, and that's why the tiger hunter became libertarian, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a cannibal, maybe, maybe, maybe. It's questionable. Maybe he's not a cannibal. He just cooks up he people. He didn't eat the soup. He didn't. he didn't eat the soup. He just knew really well. He just knew how to make it real fast. I know. Wait, he came wait, up with wait, the wait. idea really quickly. Isn't he about to eat the soup? 
Oh, no, I think he just didn't eat it. Yeah. And that's why that's why the female physician was like, what the fuck? You like murdered all these people. <laughs> but you didn't eat the soup, but you made the soup and they were all having a good time. And then she finds like a toe or something and it's like, what? Well, she was about to eat the soup and then she yeah. heard a baby crying and then she dropped the ladle and there was a finger in the ladle. And so she yeah. goes, yeah, she, she journalism. Thank and, God, right? And then he was like, "How dare you get mad at me? Who do you think you are? Like, where's yeah. this moralism coming from?" But the thing that you're saying about kind of the ways in which then the monarchy weaponized the poor in its fight against the colonial power, I think it. Um, I was talking about this the other day in relation to another kind of like. Uh, Korean film that I saw. I think it was called like Mademoiselle. Is that the title? In the Park chan film about Japanese colonialism. But um, there's something to be said about this very subtle critique of both like, yes, like there's a fight against colonialism, but then there's also like the internal ways in which the state continues to oppress. Mm -hmm. um, both like the poor, but also the ways in which like patriarchy manifests. And those things are not wiped out when the colonial powers are quote unquote defeated. Um, and I think that like, I don't think that the writers necessarily were thinking about this, but the fact that you keep, con we're consistently reminded actually in like, in these moments, in this zombie kind of um, narration, right? Like the backstory of like the tiger hunter and he's called like the tiger hunter because he also like apparently knows how to use weapons that most people don't know how to use that would have only been used to kill powerful tigers and stuff. It's like a really big spear thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and most people are like, do you know what that's used for? <laughs> and they're like, tigers. <laughs> and everyone's really impressed by it. Well, because I do think it's like he's he then falls into this political threshold that other people are not in, which is both like libertarian, but also, you know, a glimmer of some kind of anti-statist anarchy, mm -hmm. like where it's like, yeah, the Korean state did nothing for him. Neither did the other state. Yeah. Those are, that's complete. It's completely, I mean, so his position we were talking about before that, like, it's unfortunate that we keep sympathizing with a libertarian <laughs> cannibal, like this, I, this is what we're working with here, though. You know, this is the this is the cast that we're given. It's mostly zombies or cannibals. Liberal, a lot of liberals. <laughs> you know, there's a monarchy. It's like all we've got is this tiger hunter. So. Yeah, I'd really like to dismiss the whole thing as like some liberal fantasy, yeah. and uh, and there there is like a political reading sometimes available in particularly the the tiger hunter yeah i mean i think that his character i was when i first watched the end of second season i texted kim and i was like maybe we can forget that he's a cannibal maybe he's not a cannibal <laughs> he's kind of good looking maybe i don't know if you forget the whole like cannibal maybe cannibal thing like maybe he's possible but i think that like he he is more so than the crown prince like we receive quite a bit of political sympathy for his predicament to the point where like you're kind of like yeah whatever if the poor aren't eating why can't they chop yeah. up dead bodies like you know you kind of like the indignation of him and his position are much more explored than anyone else like mm -hmm. to the point where like i don't really think that the fascism of the queen has to be explored i think we know quite a bit about fascism actually but like you know really no one else's political position is cultivated the way his is and he grows as a character he seems like he feels like responsible for the outbreak like that's another yeah. thing that like yeah the yeah. whole series is him rectifying or trying to rectify that mistake yeah actually like you know the crown prince it's like well we know what you're interested in but the libertarian he doesn't necessarily he could be like i made you the soup my bad and then he could leave. <laughs> but he's like i like no he's like he goes around, he's like protecting everybody, he's saving babies, he's using his tiger hunting skills for tracking Zombo. For the kids. He made that ball for the kids, it was so yeah. nice. And maybe we gotta make that distinction between a cannibal who kills to eat and then a cannibal who just eats what's there. 
Wow, Jamie, you're really sympathizing with the libertarian here. Wow. But there is something about ritual in the in the show where like, you know, there's that mother that wouldn't cut the head off her monster. Oh, she's the worst. We actually knock him onto the boat and then yeah. spread the, yeah. the plague to a new region. Like that is something that I think we should talk about in detail because that is the direct contrast to him, right? He's basically like, fuck ritual, fuck decorum, yeah. fuck it all. You survive. You don't you don't apologize, you survive. You know, like <laughs> Elon Musk, like you just survive. Like, like a pro tiger hunter. <laughs> like, um and she, this like part of the show is really sort of thinking about um not just the disparity, but the cruel, it's class war, right? Mm -hmm. So like this mother, this phallic mother in Freudian terms, like learns that her son was turned into a zombie, died, but like says according to, to, to tradition, if she buries him, um, you know, with his head cut off, then he can't come back in the afterlife. So then like, because of her decision to basically uphold tradition above all else, mm -hmm. um, yeah. everyone dies, including her. But which yeah. you all and make like, of what that? is more egregious, right? Like, which one is more egregious? Like, the guy who made the soup because he was trying to keep everybody yeah. alive for a couple more days, whatever. And then this, this bitch, <laughs> <laughs> who let's just go because she basically there is an opportunity, there is a moment in which they they still don't know what's happening. They encounter the scene at the hospital. All those zombies, it's daytime. They like find the bodies so they're not, they're kind of dormant, but they think that they're dead. They're not quite sure. But then the female physician and the tiger hunter are like, they're gonna turn into zombos when it's nighttime. You have to get rid of these bodies. And that woman is like, absolutely not. And so that decision, like, is basically what causes the outbreak, you know, mm -hmm. like in this really substantial way. So it's like, and then she then brings that Zombo son onto the boat and then makes all those, like, more Zombos. It's like, he killed a bunch of people probably, but she made a lot of people into Zombos. <laughs> like, a lot. And she was self-righteous about it. Oh, sorry, Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think she opened the crate, like, when she held it, when she, she heard it, like, active, she opened the box. I was going to say at the end there's, like, there's a realization that you can't continue to follow ritual when the, the plague kind of, when the queen released the, uh, the monsters inside the palace. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then you could hear the scholars be like, aim for the head. It doesn't matter if they're noblemen or not. Like, mm. just <laughs> not, not like save their faces. Yeah. <laughs> let them come that. back in the afterlife or something. Scholars? They're going to come back as scholars. <laughs> Find new rituals. It's all bullshit anyway. Well, but this is the thing. It's like, I do think that there was a kind of deep pointing out that so much of ritual just protects the rich. These mm -hmm. kinds of rituals are about stratification of hierarchy. That's why they're so invested in it. It's like, they must come back. And then, yeah. because when she's like, no, you can't do this to my son, they burn all the poor people. You know, like no one is advocating for the afterlives of the poor. It's just like, they have to preserve the bodies of the rich. So then, so then like, I don't know. I was thinking about this because I do think that there's a lot of like once in a while you'll hear a kind of um, the romanticization of certain kinds of tradition and ritual. And I am I often wonder like, well, you know, a tradition of protecting who? Because maybe that's a better way to understand this thing called tradition because it does seem like a form of protection. Well, that's what I was thinking about the, like, the monarchy is death cult, the way they had to degrade so many lives to elevate or honor the few, you know, specifically the relationship between the, the prince and his bodyguard who stole like a pancake and then the prince threatened to annihilate him and his whole, his whole family as a joke. And he did it twice. <laughs> and that's a friendship between, between like, like, I think it's oh. wage labor. Oh. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> oh, good. Thanks, boss. <laughs> You're like a pancake. You die. You die, bitch. <laughs> like you die. Your wife dies. Your unborn baby dies. Everybody you know dies. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, 
<laughs> but then also, how many people like instantly jumped when they were caught doing something like stealing food to survive, and they were confronted about by by the prince? They would be like, "I deserve to die. Please kill me. Actually, don't kill mm-hmm. me." But they always start with like, "I'm so low. I deserve to die." Like even. The children, when they accidentally kicked that ball that hit the crown prince, oh, no. they were like, "We're so sorry. Please kill us." And I was like, "That's a seven-year-old being like, <laughs> no. deserve to die." Like, Holy shit! Like, how do you convince a group of people just to like, you know? It's called hegemony. So quickly, as a tradition, it's called hegemony. Called hegemony. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's pronounced hegemony. <laughs> Yeah, the seven-year-old's like, I don't deserve to live. I like playing too much, and it hurt you. <laughs> Did not actually hurt you, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And the actual like, the Tiger King and the bodyguard both were like, ah, he's probably gonna kill them. You know, and they didn't say yeah, that's true. That's true. They were like, oh, we're gonna witness a child death. I don't like this, but ah, he's the prince, so. And the tiger hunter's like, I've seen this before. <laughs> Let me tell you. He's like, look, you think I became a cannibal for no reason? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's the best cannibal. I, I He's the most ethical <laughs> cannibal that I've ever witnessed on yeah. any kind of production. Do you say he's the most accountable cannibal? <laughs> I said he's the most ethical cannibal, Kim. He's the most ethical cannibal, okay? He spends, he, he makes, he fucks up on the first episode. He spends like 12 episodes trying to make up for the soup, you know? Like, yeah. The soup, and the death just, soup, really, the, the death soup, like, a lot of dangerous just, dishes on the shows. Like, he just stays in the woods, you know, like, everyone else kind of gains station in their lives or has a has a project, and he's just like, uh, I'm gonna go look for some tigers. <laughs> like he never goes back to a village or a group. Oh, yeah, he's just running around a lot, I think, but also, yeah. um... PSA, everyone, the white Korean tigers are definitely, they're extinct. Yeah. So I feel like every time they said tiger hunter or tiger killer, I was just like, yeah, you're the reason. (laughs) You're literally the reason that there's an entire (laughs) species of an animal that's like. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about that economy, whatever's (laughs) happening there. Yeah, so the ethics of the tiger hunter just dropped, like, a, a level. Yeah, I mean, he is, it just kind of brings him back to liber- understandable libertarian sometimes. Sometimes yeah, yeah, understandable yeah. libertarian. But still probably above the crown prince, even oh, with yeah. that, you know. Okay, let's talk about the crown prince. Also, I kind of forgot until we started recording, or, like, before we started recording, that he was even the prince. I was like, there's that guy from Hyena who's so uncharismatic, who just appears a lot in the show, who's unattractive. But, you know, I guess he's the crown prince. But maybe that's intentional. Actually, no. I don't believe that, actually, for casting. But I do think it's maybe accidental, and it works, because his character trajectory is that he decides to step aside um, after after all of this, all the fight, after taking out um, the evil PETA queen and doing all this stuff. He's like, um, I'm actually going to just like let this, Ill- this other illegitimate baby be the prince because the world needs hope. Uh, and... <sighs> Maybe I'm like, I don't know, spoiled goods or whatever. And so then he redirects his mission in life to, I think, do more detective work, I guess, about about this plague. Um, Devotes himself to philanthropy. Oh, that actually is very accurate. He abdicates. He abdicates. It's like, um, like Harry's Brexit, you know, Harry, not uh, Megxit. Yeah. Um, Does he, but does he then continue to travel with the tiger hunter? I can't remember. Yeah, they become like a a new buddy detective duo, you know? I think maybe at the end he's just with the the female physician. Really? 
The yeah. tiger hunter's in there too? Oh, right. Because the tiger hunter is drinking with the magistrate or the... That's right. The incompetent magistrate. Yes. Yeah. So, but I think the tiger hunter maybe goes back and forth. Ah, yes. right. Because he can't have any stability. He has to run around yeah. the forest. Yeah. Yeah. Like... He's free. <laughs> Literally free. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't tame him actually so um but i think he goes around right, and he's, he's a catch. back right he's like if there's outbreaks like that's his job too yeah that he, he roams he roams the forest and he's like no zombos yet i'll take some tea and then come back out yes i made this bad joke like ladies He's a catch. He's free. He's, he's wild. He's in the woods, back and forth. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. So the that's how self-hating he is. He has to hunt himself. <laughs> Still trying to make up for the uh, the soup debacle. Um, but Jamie made a really good point that the prince is basically Biden. You know, it's a kind <laughs> of um, what did you call it? Dynastic liberalism, right? Yeah. Like yeah, like Justin Trudeau. Or George W. Bush, or Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, these families that that because they come after well, not Bush so much, but because they come after uh, such horrible leaders, or they convince us that a good thing is happening. You know, like all of us felt better this week, I'm sure. Um, but I think the the way we're supposed to feel for the prince kind of mimics the the way we're supposed to feel about Biden. Yeah. Or even Obama, you know, like to be like, oh, yeah, it's solved. Shit's going to get better with a new leader using the exact same political structure as before. Yeah. Why do we still have a leader? What are you talking about? Suckers. And why do we have a leader? No co-op. Still no co-op in this show. No. No enfranchisement of the poor. No self-organization. Just a better, better king. And that's the weird thing. It's like the the king that's going to be king, like the kid. It's a kid. So he just left the, the scholars in charge. Exactly. Do you think it's sabotage? Oh. Uh, no. That would be such think... a brilliant plot twist. It's like, plot yeah. twist. The crown prince is the libertarian accelerationist. I'd <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, be like, such a good plot twist. There yeah. is a season three. We don't know. We have no idea. I was like, in season three, does it, um, I'm pretty sure that part of it is, is like our favorite mermaid might actually be a, a zombie dealer. Like she, yeah, she sells zombies. Yeah. Zom- gray, the zombie gray market that we didn't know existed. <laughs> Which like, look, if you go from two seasons of maybe standing the libertarian cannibal to then standing the zombie death market like i mean these are these are these are rough times these are rough times for for planet earth like (laughs) we we are we are vulnerable to hope so vulnerable but is this i mean jamie I, i think that that's what you're pointing out that is super fascinating that um the baby has absolutely no chance of being better as a king the crown prince, but I think that part of what the crown prince was worried about is if he were to be the king, there more people would actually have to understand the level of corruption that is within mm-hmm. the monarchy. And he mm-hmm. thinks that that kind of transparency onto itself is what would erode the monarchy, right? So like it's like he's actively choosing illusion and then selling it to himself and the audience as like, the act of sacrifice. What is that, like the the Warren report or whatever that was locked away, the JFK assassination information? He's just like, yeah, they can't handle it, right? They will yeah. they will realize what a sham this is. And so I'm going to go chase this flower. I'm going to go mushroom picking for uh, for ten years with <laughs> with the female position. We'll never, we'll never hook up though. Nothing will ever <laughs> no, be romantic. Never. It's very asexual. It's There's very no time asexual. for desire in this crisis. Um, yeah. Well, that was a question. Like she's referred to as a nurse often, but she's also referred to as a female physician. And I don't know if that's a translation issue or. Um, 
I asked why this show is called Kingdom and not the female physician because they say the female physician basically every two sentences. They're like, uh, the female physician has the answer. Oh, uh, you should ask the female physician. Um, the only person that understands how the plague works is the female physician. Um, you can go find the female physician in the woods or whatever. Like, they, she doesn't have a name. They're not even talking about her name. Just the female physician. But okay. she is also surprisingly up on the scientific method of observation. Like, she is the champion of that type of knowledge. Like, even though she has this, she has this like deep plant knowledge. It is in a totally like atemporal, like scientific mode. Oh my God, Jamie! You're like you basically could cure COVID. Do you, would you like to be? Would you like to travel in time to right now? Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her she, her deductive reasoning is really intense. Like, it's very. Intense. She really struggles with it. She's like, we need to bracket out these other things, observe it, and then those worms worms fly out of people's faces. Oh yeah, it's real gross. Oh, but then the end of the I don't know, it's in my head because I just watched it like two hours ago. Like the prince has, like his brain develops at age seven, and then you can see a worm go into exactly. his brain. So that prince is fucked. Exactly. Or the king, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, well, your understanding of hope is another zombie, but a much more well mutated one. Well, this is the other thing that I noticed that Lord On, when he like he encouraged the prince to make him a zombie, the prince to get the female physician to make him a zombie, mm -hmm. was able to control himself enough to go after like uh the head of the haiwan cho clan right yeah but do you think that it's yeah. because the control was like only a few it was literally like less than 30 seconds yeah i don't know because there were mothers that killed their own children when they became monsters or attempted to kill their own children and this right. actually this show used dead dead and murdered children like quite a few times which was i was like oh that's a, that's, that's a crazy move, but well done. Um, well, the show is about violent family formations. So that's true. It makes sense. Yeah. But the scholar was the one that had the like, ethical and intellectual strength to control it long enough to prove a point. And mm. Are you saying it's academic propaganda? <laughs> yeah, I do. There's like, these like bumbling, like uptight, up their own asses academics. Oh my God, you're um, right. And then the scholars are really the ones that are shaping the whole. Yeah, you know, and they're in charge. Right? Mm -hmm. it's the scholars that are in charge of the, the child king, and then the child king becomes a zombie. So it's all it scammed on a couple levels. I was like, yeah, that makes wow. sense. Wow, wow, you're right. I mean, it was nice to see scholars listened to. <laughs> <laughs> For a bit, but then the scholars didn't turn out to be. Well, this is the universe. If you would like that to be true, then <laughs> there's a lot of other concessions, it seems. Like, oh, they're taking them seriously, but they shouldn't. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, so there was something else that I thought we could touch on um, in terms of parallels to this current moment. Jamie, you said like watching it. Rewatching it now felt really different from rewatching uh, it a few months ago. I think it was the it was the Capitol riot footage, you know, of these like I use the term useful idiots or zombies to to kind of refer to the QAnon Trump supporters that didn't know what to do when they got into the Capitol. <laughs> like, didn't really have a plan, <laughs> except for the guy with zip ties and maybe the guy that brought the the gallows. But for the most part, they're like just taking pictures of themselves inside the Capitol building. Making a mess, members. you know. And it seemed to be kind of the zombie thing where the zombie would just kind of like bash their head against the, the fence or the wall because they could smell blood on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like that footage really changed the, uh, the analysis of, of Kingdom and the zombies in it. Yeah, and Especially. then... Especially this week, after so many of them realized that Trump wasn't going to be president anymore. But and who knows? Maybe Trump's president next week. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So much is unfortunately <laughs> possible. Um, yeah, I mean, we really apologize, listeners, because the show was 
a lot to watch. You know, a show about the plague <laughs> or a plague is a lot to watch. And the violence of state neglect, you know, it's during a global pandemic. It's, it's a lot to consume. But the show was very popular from what I understand. I think it was a, a huge hit. So there is something about what we are desiring in our entertainment um, during this time as well. And, you know, thinking about the kind of, um, yeah, the kind of consumption that we're doing and sort of the outcomes that we're also seeking when we watch these kinds of shows, you know. Um, and so it's interesting, I think, to think about it in the context of last year, um, where I think all of the the violence felt very too accurate. Um, it was it did not feel metaphorical, actually. But it's quite interesting, I think, now that um, Jamie brings up the, the Capitol riot, too, to just sort of think about the impotence of some of these things, too. Like, I think it was very, um, yeah, I don't know. It felt a lot more visceral last year, that's for sure. And mm-hmm. now maybe it has, um, yeah, maybe there's something a bit more comedic about it all of a sudden. And that turnaround is actually quite quick, if you think. It's true. Like, I thought, I think maybe when I watched it, I think it was in November, so it might have been after the election. And around the time of, like, a, a vaccine is coming announcement. But now with, like, the Trump humiliation implosion, him being off Twitter, which is amazing, um, and then um, and then actual vaccines being rolled out, it's, like, it's a completely different experience watching watching this show. But I was going to say that the, the insurrectionists, like, spreading COVID, I'm sure. Like there were no masks in that in that group. And then those masks also would have prevented them from being identified and arrested. Going back to this kind of like stupid zombie uh, metaphor, you know, it's just, it's now a pleasure to watch. That's, where it was not before. Yeah. Oh, a pleasure. <laughs> well, um, not, the, not the capital rise, but kingdom was a pleasure to watch. <laughs> but Jamie, you were also saying like, that part of the parallels between like, I think what the Canadian health person said in terms of COVID being like basically class war. Yeah, Um, Teresa Tam, like early on in the pandemic, when the numbers were kind of shooting up, said that we have to recognize that wealth inequality is a a public health crisis mm -hmm. in this city or in this uh, country. Yeah. And so the, the opportunity for these crises to spur political change i think is always there i i don't have too much faith no it's not true actually i have a ton of hope that it will happen but i've had i've had a ton of hope for a long time and been, oh. it's been dashed over and over again hope for what um fundamental overhaul and wealth redistribution yeah <laughs> that's it keep hoping <laughs> it's amazing uh, it's amazing how dumb I have to be to keep hoping for that. You have to basically be an infant child potentially infected with a zombie worm. (laughs) 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 And nevertheless, we are with you, you know. I do think that that, the baby with with the zombie worm is basically the best way to describe Oh God. A living. That's the plot twist. <laughs> well, that, that 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 is us in neoliberal capitalism, right? Like we are yeah. fundamentally infected and also fundamentally trying to find a cure and also giving up at the same time. But then not giving up, <laughs> and then giving up, and then not giving up, yeah. and then the scholars tell us what to do, and then we're just like, get off our backs. <laughs> like, I feel like. <laughs> like being in this continuous process of surrender or giving up, you know. But it takes our entire lives. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna lose hope. I just can't. And I don't know what part of uh, neoliberalism does that to us. Like with advertising, maybe. Like we're always so within reach of the potential, or at least the desire for transformation. Yeah. They do such a good job of marketing it, and their their TV looks so good. I mean, this is the Hegelian bond <laughs> to bring to bring up our friend, you know, mm-hmm. good old Hegel. Um, like, and then the critique of it is like, do you 
do you do you believe that everything you need to rupture the system is already within the system? Mm. And so then all of the ingredients for overhaul remain is already there. There you don't have to go. There is no outside, so you, but you also don't have to go outside. Or is that the most suffocating analysis <laughs> of a system you've ever encountered? And you just yeah. want to, you know, like I don't know. No, no, we'll just we'll elect a new president. <laughs> Things will be better. That's that's the issue. Yeah, that's why the tiger killer is like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna go to the woods. <laughs> nope out of this. He's like, I'm willing to even drink with the incompetent magistrate. Really? Yeah, I'll pop into the <laughs> pop into the city every once in a while, see what's up. Yeah. Um, so we haven't really touched on incompetence, um, though we have talked about useful idiots and the zero note romance of um, the show. So incompetent magistrate, maybe for the listeners who don't, who haven't seen the show, um, is literally a character. He's not a metaphor. He is literally the incompetent magistrate who got the job because he's like the distant relative of the royal family member. So you know all of the all the the Jared Kushner. Like he's the <laughs> Jared Kushner has a pivotal role. <laughs> In Kingdom, is how you can think about it. Um, but he also is used for comedic relief, I guess. He he isn't the same kind of, you know, evil peen face as Jared Kushner is. He's a bit more of a, I'm funny and I yeah, like I'm kind of like a dodo. I don't know. I don't I don't want to do bad things, but I also really don't want to give up my title. I would really not like to walk away from my family, even though they're all serial killers. But I think it's it's like he kind of uses it often when he's trying to lure the female physician, where he's like, my name will protect us mm-hmm. and, you know, get us inside the palace. And I mean, this. But he really has this job, and he doesn't know how to do anything, right? I don't yeah. even know what his job is. I mean, or is being in the monarchy a job? I don't know. <laughs> he, said, he said, like, his uncle threatened to make him a eunuch if he didn't take the magistrate job. Like, he didn't want it. And then there's all of those scenes where he's, like, he's trying to get the COB, the, um, the female physician, to run away with him. And she's, like, <laughs> so he's this perfect foil to the, the prince who she admires. Mm-hmm. But then when she sends him to collect plants for medicine and then he brings back that huge basket and it's all weeds <laughs> it was, it's pretty amazing she's just you can kind of read the contempt on her face oh my god she's it's so funny because there's that moment where i don't know i think she she saves his life or something and and then he's like wonderful i will repay you by owning you and you will be mine now and just like goes down this whole thing about how you know he's going to keep her and make her his wife and she's like i'm sorry do you need me around because there's something wrong with your penis like what <laughs> like she's like i'm just i'm not i'm not picking up what you're putting down sorry i'm not interested i'm very interested in my scientific research yeah i have great observation skills and that, that's where I'm in a I'm in a, in a good town there. Um, yeah, I mean he's also like part of I thought like the absurdity of his character is that there's literally a zombie outbreak and he keeps like talking about his title, and then there are people who are like, oh well, if that's your title, like it's like it's you know in a life and death situation where everyone's running for their lives the fact that people are still the not people the rich right like the rich are doing things like upholding quote unquote tradition and titles and uh, yeah there was something so sort of viscerally despicable about that kind of approach which makes him the perfect foil to the prince Right, which is what he's there for. Like the, he has one redemptive moment where he can't finish the execution um, proclamation for all of the the people that cooperated with the prince. Yeah. Like like thirty seconds before the prince walks up and says, "You made the right decision." Mm. That's the only thing. And then he ends up, you know, even above that, he can't fight in the final fight. You know, he gets bitten, doesn't kill any zombies. 
and then he ends up as the second counselor, which is like a promotion from where he was. So it's like the perfect failing up example. He is, if you were an incompetent magistrate, you will survive the zombie outbreak. That's it. Yeah. They're un <laughs> unremovable. Like they are. Yeah. That's the deep state. And it's, it is quite something because it's like, Literally, he does nothing for two seasons. Like the Tiger Hunter has has gone back and forth all of Korea throughout the forest. <laughs> like, we don't even know. We don't even know how many tigers he's slayed. <laughs> he's just like he's just running all the time. He's just like running around, just like killing things, and he's just whipping. Yeah, shooting really well. Yeah, and the female physician or maybe nurse, you know. She has just been like endlessly doing this thing, trying to cure everyone. Cure a plague. Cure a plague. <laughs> like everyone has like everyone single handedly has, curing a plague. Single handedly curing the plague because there's literally no other physician or nurse in the entire space. No, which you don't run across one. <laughs> yeah. Only one. Only one. She got you know, the other person died, so like she has to Hold it up. And it's a seriously underfunded public health structure. <laughs> and it was actually, I guess in that first scene where after the tiger hunter serves his soup, um, to watch the zombies like feed on the bodies of the the nurses, like not the female physician, but the nurses. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that, that hits a little close to home in this moment. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So... Um... Only one of her, it, because it's a failing public health infrastructure. <laughs> but like, you know, there's money. There's just not money for public health. Um, it's not a priority right now. <laughs> but anyway, everyone is just like not, no one has an easy life except for the incompetent magistrate. And he survives. A lot of people die. You know, a lot of decent characters die. Um, I guess. Wait, I don't really know if that's true. A lot of people die. I don't know oh, if they there was that there was that cute child that died. Oh yeah. yes. Very true. Did way more than the incompetent magistrate for sure. True. Yeah. Um okay. Oh uh romance report? Do we have a romance <laughs> report? What what was the romance level of the uh, of kingdom? Who got it on? <laughs> Literally no one. <laughs> Literally no one, yeah. No one even liked yeah. each other, really, other than the incompetent magistrate. He's the only person who was like, I like He tried, him. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was very frisky in the, in the zombie apocalypse, which, again, underlines his title and positioning, that he's able to concern himself with these things <laughs> during, during a plague. Um, but you get confused sometimes, too, where you're like, are we, is it, like, who's endgame here? The female physician and the crown prince? The female physician and the tiger hunter? No, you can't uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they're all kind of asexual, though. I don't think any of them. Yeah. I mean, there's some admiring, maybe amorous gazes between the the physician and the, the prince. But do you, is but it reciprocated, Jamie? Is it, like, just the, because did you see it? both ways or did you see it from the physician to the prince i think i saw it actually more from the prince to the physician oh oh yeah really engineers can't feel you know doctors can't feel yeah. <laughs> she's to... committed to her research <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, i just don't have the time for this um but i think both of them realize that they're in a full crisis that needs all of their attention so they don't so they tamp down the uh the nascent desire that they now's, now's not our time. It's just not our time. Yeah. And it's even like after seven years, like after seven years, they're still fighting that plague and they're not like holding hands or eating together or anything like that. They're still like when it cuts to them, they're in a, like a plague situation. I guess that's what happens in the zombie apocalypse. You just lose all desire. And I feel like people, People humped in The Walking Dead, though, which is <laughs> confusing for <laughs> other reasons. But yeah, this one, no romance. No, there's no back hugs. 
No, and I guess it would be like kind of a homosocial romance between the um, the prince and the yeah. bodyguard, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even after the bodyguard betrayed him, there's yeah. still that like prince running through the snow to hold him as he dies. Do you think that's Do you think that's like a daddy issue thing? Could be. I mean, it sounds like the king was a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. So. Is there a king that's not a dick though? <laughs> Yeah, right? It's the, that is a legitimate question. It's the three-year-old king. <laughs> All right. Z- Zombo, Zombo child king. Yeah, that's it. Or Until it's just unconfirmed. It. We don't know if he's a dick yeah. yet. Yeah, as a toddler, he probably was kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, no romance. You know, no romance, but I wasn't complaining because I was like, I don't want a romance between the physician and anyone, no. because I think she's kind of terrible. But also, this the queen is literally a serial killer. Who yeah. are we going to hook her up with? She's like killing babies. Spoiler alert. Yeah, she multiple kills babies. babies. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. In the same way the judges are serial killers, the queen was a serial killer. Totally. And I think, like, Jamie brought this up, that, like, she killed, yeah. she would, like, take baths. So she pretended like she was pregnant, but she wanted to... She pretended like she was pregnant and was trying to get single women who were pregnant to give their babies after they were born. And then if they were a daughter, she would, if it was a girl baby, she would kill the mother and the baby because... Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so unnecessary. Because you could totally just do, just kill the mother and send the the daughters to the orphanages. Like, I did like... The logic of the serial killing was just so brute. Yeah, but then they don't want to follow the line of labor for that, right? You're like, oh, God, we got to, like, now we have to go bring this baby somewhere. And they're like, just get rid of them both. And then it's just like a one-way, you know, disposal situation. (laughs) Too many errands. We can't have two errands per per murder. (laughs) So then she wore, like, a pillow around her stomach (laughs) to pretend like she was pregnant. And then every time she would take a bath, her servants would see that she wasn't pregnant, and then she would kill them. <laughs> Which Jamie, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> no, it's just like the the most vicious. Like it's barely a ritual, right? It's the queen's taking a bath. Just just have one woman that's in on the scam, and make her give you a bath for six months. But also, like, this, this is such a violent expression of the monarchy, too, where you're like, number one, take a bath by yourself. I don't know why you need anyone there at all to undress you. But then you're like, oh, yeah. And I like that Jamie's concession is just get one. It's in the no. It's like, no, you don't need anyone to bathe you. You're an adult. I mean, but isn't that what it is? She's not an adult, and that's why she has to have people around to bathe her. It's like... What, I'm sorry, do you need someone to take off your clothes? To hang up your clothes? Your clothes can't touch the floor? Like, what part of the bathing process? Why do you yeah. need anyone there? Like, I don't know. Yeah, so every time servant girl would see her, the fact that she was carrying around some pillows instead of a baby, they would be gone. Um, so, you know, she was, uh, would have been hard to set her up with, with a dude or a woman or She's a anyone. Lot. There's a lot there. A lot of baggage. <laughs> yeah, know, you know, in the same way, I feel like we've we've recuperated the tiger hunter kind of <laughs> against our initial... Uh, no, Jamie, this was our crisis, is that against <laughs> everyone else, he is beaming. He is, like, such a source of wonder and light, unfortunately. like. I know. And then I was like, I don't want to do that with the queen, you know, to to kind of forgive her because she grew up in a fucked up monarchical structure with a dad who insisted on her marrying into another family and then breeding his power into the world. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can kind of get that from a like she had a fucked up life, but she really she's a horrible. Well, how, I mean, with a fucked up life, how many babies do you get to kill? Like, do you get, <laughs> do you get one or like two? two? Like two? Yeah. That's how we quantify just like how terrible your life is. Like, Definitely not eight or nine. Like, that's 
you really let yourself down with eight or nine. Yeah. She basically created, she's a one woman zombie camp. That's really what she is. Yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of way to understand the zombie phenomena, really. But then, yeah, so she she released the monsters into the palace at the end, or she had her woman in waiting do it. Mm-hmm. But then she just stood there and let herself be devoured with, it wasn't her baby, it was somebody else's baby in her arms as these, and I still, I mean, that's another hole in the, in the, the show. The, the baby somehow made it out of that Wait. zombie scrum alive. He didn't. Well, he, he was bitten. Yeah. But he should have been devoured. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Like there were just two tiny bites on him. But he was right there as this, like multiple zombies just started feeding on the queen. Yeah. She could have put him down. You know, I don't know how he ended up on the side of the uh, platform that she was on or, or whatever, but. Yeah. There was one, one ethical zombie. It was like, <laughs> maybe later. <laughs> we'll put this down. Um, this newborn blood doesn't taste taste. <laughs> I hope I never see the queen's face in any show ever again. <laughs> I hope that this actress doesn't get yeah. any more work. And oh I mean God. this genuinely. Oh I mean this genuinely. I hope this all ends you. <laughs> I hope yeah. that you, like the incompetent magistrate, marry up, marry some mm-hmm. rich Chebar, and you disappear. We never have to hear from you again. Like, that, that is, is like the... Jo- like that King is, Joffrey. Yeah, that oh, is yeah. ill I wish upon your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before we end, we should do fashion reports. Mm-hmm. Because, um, Jamie, you had some thoughts. Yeah, those hats were amazing. Like, right from the beginning. Like, with the huge head, <laughs> like, the feathers coming out of them. And, like, they were perfect. Whoever did the, like, uh, the hat design on that show deserves some type of an award. I, like, I have no idea how historically accurate it was, but they are, they're top. They're top hats. That's a horrible pun. They are. <laughs> They're literally top hats, and they are top. <laughs> Is that top. an oxymoron? <laughs> amazing, amazing! I'm obsessed, obsessed <laughs> on every level. Yeah, um, I mean they're well designed because you know there's a lot of battle scenes, and those hats really stay in place. There's a lot of variation too, and then the um, like the intro, like the the credit scene. Such beautiful, like, fabrics and uh, folds. Like, that was, it was attractive, I'm going to say. It was a visually pleasing costume drama with a bunch of sloppy, sloppy zombies. Yeah. To try and get you to sympathize with the rich. Mm-hmm. So elegant, so beautiful. Yeah, it does keep our kind of aspirational moment going. Being like, oh, yeah, no, I, I'd be them. Yeah, I don't know if there's much else clothes-wise to discuss because yeah. most most people are covered in blood. Um, a lot of earth tones. Yeah, there's a lot of earth tones. A lot of earth tones. Natural fabrics covered in blood. You're like, um, it's um, it's dried blood, and then that's really dried blood, and then there's just fresh blood, and then yeah. you know, and then there's blood mixed with dirt. Yeah. Um, the, because, because we're, I guess, just full on really into the tiger, tiger hunter at this point, he looks great. He's very spry in his outfit. <laughs> I think that the, the, the cuts that they have for him are flattering, but also it seems like he's able to kind of be agile and kind of move around quite a bit. So I feel like his costuming was quite good. No, he, he, doesn't he have like a low bun and a high bun? Like he has like kind of like a bun yeah. going on. And does it, is there a low bun or is it always a high bun? Oh, maybe it's always a high bun. But sometimes when he's running, it's sort of like moves, moves kind of lower, but it is supposed to be a high bun. But you know, the thing about him was like, at first, maybe it's because he made that cannibal soup. I was just like, oh, you look too intense. Towards the end, I was like, I like the intensity in your eyes. (laughs) Like those are some nice eyes you got there. <laughs> like the look at <laughs> maybe you're just passionate. Is that what it's just... sadness? Yeah. <laughs> has been through something. He's deep. Look, he he has that 
spear spear thing Smolder, and he likes smoldering looks yeah, yeah he, he's, he's very quiet oh yeah he's, yeah he's actually that might be that actually might be more what we're interested in <laughs> that might be it yeah. he doesn't ruin himself by talking he's like, like i know else. how to lull the people you just say less <laughs> You move the spear around and you run around the woods. Like, yeah. So you smell great. You smell fresh all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, it, the costuming was so accurate sometimes that you were like, wow, I totally believe, female physician, that you have definitely spent the day in the forest. Like, yeah. I, belie I believe that you are... Um, you are dead zombie peasants. Like, <laughs> sure, you know. Can you imagine them like sketching it out, the costume design? It's like, okay, so dead zombie peasant has to look different than former magistrate. Wide leg. And that, okay, okay. <laughs> but it is like, there's something about like period pieces. I mean, maybe with the exception of like a few different like especially Asian period pieces where they just like wore a lot of fabric. Like that is a lot of fabric to be wearing I at know, all time. It must be hot. I know. Yeah. <sighs> so. I mean, that's why you need uh, servants to undress you and bathe you. I guess. You gotta yeah. deal with all. It's disgusting you under there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They gotta take a pre-deodorant time too. I guess. Mm. Gross. Wow, Jamie, Gross. you're really advocating for sympathy for the serial killer queen. <laughs> you had no choice. Yeah, new level, no new level. Like, um, my God, Jamie. But, closet monarch. Um, closet death cult monarch. Yeah. In your no own words. Um, yeah. But we are nearing the end, and I think. There was two seasons of this, so we were like, maybe there's another episode, but also we could save it for when there's the spinoff, because there's going to be a spinoff of this. With our mermaid. With our mermaid. mermaid. So, Jamie, we yeah. hope you join us back oh, either way, because, um, <laughs> you know. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I think oh, it, you should come back always just to assess the political orientations of the various characters, you know. Like, <laughs> we need this kind of synthesis. Good. Uh, I'm all for uh, political, deep political readings of dumb, dumb television. Yes. But you can keep your hot takes about that fucking queen to yourself for next time. <laughs> Look, she came from somewhere. You know? <laughs> These um, are the conditions she I mean, emerged we're, from. We're never going to see her again. Okay. Like I'm happy. I I truly hope. Um, this is the hope that I will keep alive in the world also, i guess this fits into fashion but the nest that she lived in and the shaman was in was was that crazy was, yeah 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 elaborate yeah i kind of wanted one <laughs> like as a bed i mean let's not put it past the fact that there's probably some west coast hippie that has that yeah. for sure yeah. Absolutely. Then maybe like that is something to be said, especially of like the interiors of the king, like the monarchy, is that they there was there was like a lot of really nice interior design. I mean, all predicated upon killing the, the poor, but you know. Sure. Like yeah. bright colors, lovely, lovely tones. Right. Yeah. Somebody's gotta die. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> on that note um, thank you so much for joining us we hope we see you again very soon thanks everyone see you next time take care bye bye, bye.